Previously on Analysis Complete. He may kill you if you go back. Go with Dr. Asper. It's me that they want. Cassidy lowers her bow and arrow. But there's nothing for me here. It's been nothing but misery and death. Caster, I'm begging you. Help us go home. I will take you to the Blissa, and we will repair it. Who are you, George? Dr. George Asper. What? And now so are you. If you see Dr. Locke, could you tell her that that I think that I love her? Docs, I'm a little confused. I don't know what's going on. Are we going to the facility or not? Elgon, in the distance, quite far off, you see a ship. You're able to see quite clearly that this ship belongs to your father and Quest Jin. story with the ship landing it is several city block distances away from you all so it's not close but you you don't know if they've spotted you when they landed right do we think it like looks like maybe an hour away less than that if you walk there maybe maybe half an hour and how close are we to the Haven now? I believe you all are half a day, I, I think. Oh, still, we're still half a day away. Yeah, this is happening in the middle of the day. You guys walked. Interesting. So walking to the Haven from here would be taking us further away from the ship. Pretty, tr- pretty drastically. You would run alongside that ship to the Haven. And potentially to the Ballista. But yeah, you could probably all fit it in. But more importantly... Mm-hmm than that is Cassidy Garland gets up and starts waving her arms at this ship and you can see her starting to sob you can hear it we're saved it came for us she doesn't have the information that you do she doesn't see what the name of the ship is she just knows there's a ship and when you've been stranded for 270 plus days any ship is a good ship hey Hey! And she's just yelling, horse. Cassidy, I... Huh? There is no guarantee that this ship is here to rescue us. In fact, I feel I should tell you, this ship is not from Pantadine Industries. Oh, who cares? I mean, they're, they're human. They're Earth. Yes. But Let's I do go. This is likely another ship with its own agenda. And it could be very helpful to us, but could also easily be the opposite. Why? I, I, I don't... What are you saying? I don't understand. I Let's get Captain Wakefield. Captain, let's get up. Let's go. I can guarantee that this ship is not just going to leave as soon as we arrive. But we can certainly meet them. Please, yeah. Look, if they can help us fix our ship, that's cool. We'll take the Belissa home and get out of here. And we gotta tell them. We have to tell them what's going on. They don't know what they're walking into, Caster. 
that would be the ethical thing to do. I believe you are right. Yes. You all look back at Captain Wakefield, and his face is very pale from blood loss. And he looks like he's shaking, like he's very, very cold. Captain, do you need to stop and rest? Perhaps eat? You all have been resting for only ten minutes at this point when the ship landed. And he says, we gotta, we gotta go. We have to warn him. We have to warn them to leave. And as he's saying that, you can hear off in the distance the opening of a bay door out the back of the ship. The creaking of metal. And it's like a giant garage door coming down that creates a ramp out the back of this ship. In the distance, you can see a moment later, you can see an ATV roll out. It's got... Does it look like a combat ATV, or is it like... It's another uh, lightweight four-wheeler yeah. like the ones you all had. And how, how big is this ship compared to the Belissa in terms smaller. of like... It's smaller, okay. So... Yeah, it's smaller. Okay. It's kind of like a smaller class. Mm-hmm. And you can see on this ATV that's rolling around, there's one driver, and then on the back sitting, instead of a basket, there is just like a another mason unit riding on the back facing facing outward strapped in and where where are they heading it looks like they're roaming around and you can see the mason is like looking in all directions it's probably scanning around i believe i still have one of those glow sticks so i'm going to take one out snap it and try and hail them yeah it stops Again, you're looking at this from a long distance. The the android is pointing in your all's direction. And you can see the figure sitting on the ATV is in this black spacesuit with a black helmet, very similar to like a motorcycle helmet. It has a, a tinted visor. And it sees you all, pauses, and then wheels around and goes back onto their ship. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it sees us and oh man. And leaves. <laughs> That's ominous. What's wrong, Dave? Okay. All right. Uh, seems like they were just interested in scouting, not necessarily interacting with us at this point. Hmm. There is a fair chance that these people may mean us harm. I do not know what to do. Caster. I don't know why you're so suspicious of these people but they've got to be here looking for us we have all kinds of data and we still have to help them this ship was sent by questgen and it was sent by either one of two people one of these people loves me and the other one hates me i'm very concerned with which one of them sent this ship dr freya Locke, rook and dr george asper are trudging through these cypress trees. It's like a maze. And yet, there is a feeling among all three of you that you know where you're headed. Rook, you've been there and come back and you feel like you know the path. Dr. Freya Locke and George Asper both have a kind of tingling sensation over their body that increases the closer and closer they get. And it's close to the end of the day that you all see this massive dome made of stone 
and at the front of it are a pair of large, dark, double doors that shimmer in what little light is left in the day. Well, Dr. Luck, there it is. I think George and I have to go in. Do you have a plan for you? You're welcome, I guess, but I'm not sure if you're better out here. What could be so bad in there? Besides, they might have a casino in there. I could do some light gambling. I've been taking chances all this time. Why not, you know, gamble a few credits? Rook, you were in there. Did you see any slot machines? No, but this time I got a fancy suit on. I'm not, you know, streaking throughout the whole thing, you know. Maybe they got a protocol that you got to be dressed up a little bit before they can serve me. Besides, you need muscle. I got it. Yeah. Uh, can I do something real quick? Maybe not. I don't know. I want to try my psionics on him. I want to see if I can connect with Rook's mind. Sure, go for it. What do you want to okay. do? I just want to see if I can, like, hear what he's thinking. Create a little walkie-talkie. Yeah. Go for it. Okay. I succeeded. 21. Okay. Rook, you feel a connection happening in your mind. Dr. Freylock, what is it exactly that you want to do? And I'm going to let him save. I just want to say in his mind, all right, we're connected now. Yeah. Rook, you... She pulls a ventriloquist act and she speaks in your head. Could you have done this this whole time or just no? <laughs> I both. Cool. You're in my head now. Along with all the other bullshit. This might come in handy. Dr. Asp, you in my brain too? Would you like for me to do that? Hell yeah. You know, bring all, all the voices, you know. And then you hear inside your head. And so it is. I connect with George's mind too and like... You ready? Cool. Are you guys going to go in? (laughs) Yeah, Dr. Locke starts walking. Is there only one entrance in and out? Yeah. Okay. You two, before we go in, just get my mind straight here. What are we doing here? What are we doing? Why did we come all this way? You're here to save the others, right? We're here to save the others. We're here to meet our maker, and we may need both of our help dealing with him while you save the others. And they get this straight again. We think the maker is in that little dome. I'm positive he's in there. Yeah. Yes. Because the machinery is in there, and that made you. But you want, like, the maker of the machines that made you. Is that what you're telling me? Oh, yes. The analyst. Because I didn't see no... no. I saw robots. I saw people, but I didn't see no alien-looking thing with, like, four eyes. We've seen him. For the last four days, he's been calling to us. Calling to me. And me. Okay. Rook will distract him if you can figure out how to get the others out of the pods and out of the building and back to the ballista. Understood. Let's go. After you all decide what your plan is going in here, you take a step forward towards the doors and they open slowly and gently wide, ready to accept their children back home. While this is happening, Elgon, the third, you all hear two more ATVs come off, so now there's three. And two of them stay behind, and one of them starts riding in your 
direction. It has the writer and the android, the mason unit, sitting on the back. Can I use my vision? Can I can I see if there's any weaponry on this ATV? Yeah. Yeah. There's absolutely a semi-automatic weapon. In the hands of the human? It's on a strap hanging on their back. But you can see the barrel of it sticking out behind their right elbow. It's there. There is someone that is armed on this ATV. Now, please, I... I have something very important to ask you. I... I know that I just asked you to call me Elgon, but... If you could refrain from calling me that until we know who this is, I would appreciate it. Please just call me Caster again. Yeah. Okay. Within moments, the ATV rolls up. It stops about 60 feet from where you all are, have been kind of camped out. And the rider gets off. You still can't see their face. The android sits up very stiff and wheels around and starts marching in your direction. <laughs> Can I tell from this rider, do they seem young? Do they seem old? How, how, how do they walk? How do they move? Or can I not tell? They're athletic. They're athletic. Were you hoping for like a sixty-year-old man? You might be able to take her, or what is this? No, I was. I was trying to see if I could get a. If this might be the identity of someone I know. That's all. Oh, okay. No, they seem athletic. They seem like a uh, a marine, or okay. uh, not a marine, but they seem like one of the private contractor military groups that Quest Gen has on the payroll. Okay. This is like a soldiers of fortune mercenaries you know they've got these people i will continue just kind of waving the uh the glow stick and and kind of showing that i'm unarmed and i will approach them i'm not sure if cassidy or wakefield are approaching as well or if they're remaining behind but cassidy garland says hey hey you you guys gotta help us get on captain wakefield he's we were a part of the belissa we were Obviously, you guys surely know that. We're we're here, and the person with the weapon puts it in their hands, and so you can hear, like, a speaker coming from their helmet. Just stay back. Just stay back. The Mason unit is going to do a scan on you all. Just wait right there. Cassidy is... Yeah, 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 fine. Fine. She holds her hands up, and this Mason unit comes, and they have a med scanner. Can I ask you what you are scanning for? This question is met with a very long silence, and it continues to scan Cassidy Garland, and the guy that is standing there with the gun doesn't really move, doesn't even acknowledge you. The scan finishes on Cassidy Garland, and the android brushes past you and starts making its way over to Captain Wakefield. Cassidy looks at you. She realized that they didn't answer you at all. And she's kind of got that face of like, you know, don't don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> the android starts scanning Captain Wakefield. For those of you listening, David's face is priceless as he is trying to figure out what to do right now. And he can come up with no answer. 
seething. The android begins scanning Captain Wakefield. Elgon, Caster, do you do you have anything on your mind right now that you'd like to get off your chest? Well, <laughs> I feel <laughs> like the anomaly from the clones I may have just put into Wakefield, and that might show up in the scan. Oh no! Where were you guys? Oh. That was the sound of Rook and Gale not realizing what David and I have realized yeah, this entire I, scene. So, <laughs> yeah. um, no, no, I was thinking, I have no idea what's going on with Caster. Um, I thought there was going to be something else. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, it seems like they somehow maybe know about these clones and they are trying to see what is what. And I may have contaminated Wakefield in their eyes. So, GG. <laughs> uh, we all know that's not how blood works <laughs> yeah well you know blood mysterious things who knows how clone blood works do you know that, how, clone, that's the, that's how the alien question. clone blood this works is, this is now yeah. in the hands well, of the dm since he's good for you guys you guys have a dm who doesn't know how blood works <laughs> so it's all right you're standing there and if elgon could sweat a little bead would be dropping down his little metal forehead and then you hear a ping from the med scanner and the android is looking at the screen assessing the readout turns its head and looks at the gentleman with the firearm and says it seems we have a problem this one's infected infected with what? it continues to walk past you ignoring your question and goes over to the guy with the gun and the guy with the gun starts to walk past you towards captain wakefield cassidy garland says wait 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 wait, wait. what do you what do you mean infected with what wait, what do you mean answer him what what is it what is he infected with what does that mean he's sick he's he's been cut okay we just need medical attention and this guy is not responding to either of you what do you want to do? Caster starts feeling this impulse to protect Wakefield. Yeah. And he is actively going to try and fight that impulse. And I think not do anything. David, do you think it's time for a panic roll or no? <sighs> well, that kind of feels like a sanity thing, maybe. He's like do you think fighting. It's a sanity? Okay. I feel like it's sanity. I feel like he is try- he's trying to fight his instincts in this in this moment. His instincts are Wakefield's in danger, but he personally does not want to do anything about it. Then let's do a sanity roll. Okay. Just hope it's not double failure. We don't Lamb. want a critical fail. That is a 97. Go ahead and add another stress. Thankfully for you, a 97 is no different than a 78. Yeah. So does that mean that I would have to follow my impulse uh, in any way? Or can I resist this danger I feel? What do you think, Dave? Oh, man. Oh, this is so tense. I feel like Caster is kind of slowly starting to lumber towards towards this marine Uh and 
he is going to try and shut himself off. Shut yourself off. Yeah, he, he, he wants to try and like abort this impulse in any way possible. And just shut down. Or just to like go. I, I don't know if he has a sleep mode or anything. Of just kind of like he's he's going to try and like kind of deactivate himself. Oh man! Wait, hang on. All right. So okay. you failed the sanity roll, which means you're going to start to go after this marine. Yeah. If you can make a body save, I'll let you shut yourself off. Okay. My body is not a great stat of because the sanity roll is what's getting us in trouble and that's where I want to go and if you don't want to go there you're going to have to give me another save okay okay um that is a 39 which is a failure you're going after this marine you start moving closer and as you do the other android arm grabs you by the elbow and caster instinctively will say Wakefield run Captain Wakefield, who is absolutely sick, absolutely tired, been bleeding out all day, looks up at this guy with the gun, and Cassidy Garland, when she hears you say, Wakefield, run, Cassidy Garland is going to uh, make a roll. She's going to run and jump on this guy's back. Oh my gosh. So while that's happening, Dr. Freya Locke, your rook, David, go ahead and mull that over for a little bit. Uh, I'm going to give you some time to think about it. We're at episode 11, ladies and gentlemen. Dr. Freya Locke and rook, there's no tomorrows, except there is one tomorrow. One but there's tomorrow. no tomorrow after that. Dr. Freya Locke and rook, you all enter with George Asper into this hallway. It's a very large stairwell made of stone steps leading down and you can see at the bottom it's lit with torches that burn this green flame so everything's cast with this really sickly color and you start making your way down these stairs hair on your arm standing on end you can smell oil like grease like mechanical oil and you get to the bottom you see these tapestries on these walls in this room and it shows that figure from your visions you see this this ruler standing over throngs of people 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 human people they are humanoid figures okay. i should say not human okay are they like him no okay. they're very round almost egg-shaped huh empty empty yeah kind of like egg people big thick arms is this the the the, the guy yeah what the hell that's the leader? That's the, that's the guy? Yeah, the analyst. Okay. You'll see one image that is a group of these people. It looks like an uprising. These egg-shaped figures. They're gathered around a massive pit. Is there a needle in that pit? It looks quite like the parabola where you met Martin. The same parabola that killed Martin and nearly killed all of you with Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. George. In the next tapestry, you discover that it is not an uprising, but a mass suicide. Rook, you spot two exits from this room. One of them, you know, leads to the pods where the original Dr. Freya Locke, the original George Asper, 
And I think that's it. Is there more? Yeah. Uh, Melanie. Oh, the original no, original Melanie and the original Barry. Original Barry, that's right. The original yeah. Barry's there. Yes. The original Barry. Okay. They're all there. She don't know what the other exit is. Dr. Freya Locke, you see these exits. And you and George Asper feel very compelled to go into one of them. I start walk, walking towards that one. I put a shoulder, or a hand on, on her shoulder. I shove it off. Yes. Very in character. <laughs> She's established she hates that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't see the threat that uh, was here last time. Which was? Hard to explain. A machine. Yeah. Okay. So how about we locate it first? Otherwise, if I go alone or one of us gets caught out, less chance we're all going to make it out of here. Or any of us are going to make it out of here. Where did you see it last? Over there. As I uh, gesture my head towards the uh, the pod room. We'll say the left door. Yeah. Which one were we drawn to? To the right door. Oh, okay. That sounds fine. Again, I don't know if we can kill this thing, but maybe... We find a bucket of water, just phew, right onto it or something. Lights out. Don't know. Maybe there's a power switch on the back. Or maybe it's going to make smoothies out of us. We'll see. I need you to understand. He could know what we're doing. So I guess it doesn't even matter. It you want to go in that right door? By all means, go ahead. I guess he's watching every move. Hey, over here. You see me? His voice echoes off the hallways. All right. I, I just want you to know, if if I get any hints that he's about to take over, I'm going to run. Okay? Take over? Take over. What do you mean, take over? He's very compelling. George, what are you up to? I would like to see myself. Okay. Let's go then. And we head towards the left door. Rook, who's still questioning this takeover. You can see it on his face. <laughs> what does that mean? I'm going to just like, mutter underneath my breath as I trail behind, like, for a bunch of clones. Y'all don't seem to be afraid of death. <laughs> <laughs> as I escort them over to door number one. With trepidation, you head towards this left door, and it slides open. It's a mechanical door moves into a recess, slides out of the way. Down this hallway, you can see a couple different doors, but more importantly, you see the glow of these large, clear tanks filled with a blue fluid, and you can see bodies floating in these tanks. Look around. Is there a robot of some sort? You don't see anybody else but you and whatever's in the tanks right now. Okay, I'm going to quietly approach the tanks. Start to walk towards the tanks, and you can see one of Melanie Devantes floating in this stasis. Her hair is a little longer. Can I, I... I'm looking at the the tank. I'm trying to see if I can make out any... Any... Any rhyme or reason to the buttons, to, to any mechanisms on it, anything. Okay. We're going to do an intelligence roll. To see if you can figure this out. Can I use anything else? Uh, do you have something that you... I think you've lost half your skills from <laughs> just, panics. Just some of them. Um, 
thinking of like field medicine and pathology, I don't know if I would know a way to look at like. This is more mechanical. It is really. more mechanical. Okay, so intelligence. Okay. Yeah. So just straight intelligence, just kind of checking it out. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, a 10. A 10. You can see that there are different pipings, and you can see some of them are tubes that are funneling this liquid in, and there's another tube that is funneling it back out, like it's cycling in new liquid continually. But you can see other different components attached, and you follow them and you start to look at other tanks and where they all meet up. And there's a panel, like a podium, inset into a wall. And it has these blocks that look like they can be repositioned. It doesn't look like English. If Castro were here, he would be able to describe it as uh, similar to the podium from the parabola. Uh-huh. But you find this podium. And Rook, when you see her kind of scanning it, you see George Asper is staring intently at the tank that has George Asper in it. And Dr. Freya Locke comes close to the tank with Dr. Freya Locke in it. Dr. Locke, when you see yourself floating in the tank, this is a moment of reality. You are not the only version of yourself. How does this affect you? It's hard. I really did suspect, even hope, that it was true, actually. But at the same time, there was still some part of me that was certain that I was Freya Locke, the original. Because I just have too much of her. And uh, I don't want to look at her anymore. You look away, and Rook, you're looking down this hallway. Dr. Freya Locke is on the left. She's just recently stopped looking at herself in a pod. George Asper is on your right. He is continuing to look at himself in this tank. At the end of the hallway, there are these double doors that open up. They're the ones that you ran out of. They're the ones where you were being experimented on, where your flesh was being cut from your body. That's where you ran away from the robot. And that's when you hear a rumbling and you hear a growl. Dr. Locke, George Asper, you watch as they both turn their heads towards those double doors. You hear a thump and another thump and then a crash as these doors explode off the hinges. And standing in the doorway is a creature close to eight feet tall. It has long, dark hair. It looks like Rook, but absolutely massive. And it has murder in its eyes. dear listener i hope you're enjoying the show i just wanted to take this moment to tell you about how you can help out of depth produce even more cool stuff like the podcast you are listening to right now for one you can recommend our show to other folks looking for podcasts getting our show into the ears of more people is our number one goal right now so if you could just recommend it to friends and strangers leave reviews all of that would really help us out if you are in a position to do more than that, you can head over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash getoutofdepth. It's where you can subscribe at any tier you feel comfortable with for as long as you feel it's worth it. Those funds help us keep the show running, 
do even more cool projects, and allow us to afford more collaborators to work with. Their time and contributions to our shows are so valuable, and you can help support these efforts by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash getoutofdepth. Patrons also have access to bonus material for the shows like character questionnaires, my game prep notes, and exclusive videos like a post-mortem Q&A with the Analysis Complete cast once this series finishes up. Gail and I have lots of fun plans for the future as we continue to grow our audience, and if you want to see them come to fruition, please head over to patreon.com slash getoutofdepth and become a patron today. Thank you so much for listening. Holy shit. I really appreciate it. Now with that out of the way, let's get back to the show and see what mysteries and terrors our players might uncover next. Elgon. Cassidy Garland jumps on the back of this guy and he seems unfazed. He just kind of starts to shrug her off and she's like pulling at his helmet and she's like beating his back. She's frail and her bow and arrow is laying on the ground next to Captain Wakefield. Captain Wakefield is raising his hand like objecting to whatever it is that Cassidy Garland's doing and you hear this android say to you please do not intervene. So I, I've always had like this thing of, of Asimov's laws where I, I was curious how this other android would respond because like it specifically says a robot shall not allow a human by in, uh, to harm a human or by inaction allow a human to come to harm. And that always made me think like, so what do, 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 ro- do androids have like this like team mentality where it's like, well, if we're in war, I'll let them fight. Or are they always, like, instinctively trying to be peacemakers? You know? What do you want to do? Well, I I was curious how that android was going to respond. Elgon really wants to focus on Cass's safety. Because that is the person that he feels like is more innocent in a way. More worthy of being saved. So Elgon is going to say to to the other android... I will try not to intervene and we'll head over to Cass and try and prevent her from getting killed by making this worse yeah. than it already is. Yeah. You go over to it and you grab a hold of her waist to try and pull her off. And as you do, she's yelling like caster, like they're going to kill him. And this guy back elbows her and hits her right across the cheek and she falls into you. She's kicking in your arms. If I don't do this, they will likely kill you both. Captain Wakefield looks up at this guy who's pointing this rifle at him. And he's looking pretty bad. But he looks up with these intense blue eyes. And for a moment, you see the man that you met during training, the man who looked like he was going to lead this crew to history. And he looks up, blood in his teeth. He says, let me see your eyes. Let me see your face. If you're going to do it, let me see your face. And the gun goes off. 
and Captain Wakefield is dead. Cassidy Garland is sobbing in your arms, screaming, No. Why? Why did you do that? Why did you do that? Until it becomes unintelligible. This moan of why. Caster will kind of lightly stroke her hair and just try and hold her and calm her down. She pulls away and crawls over towards the dead body of Captain Wakefield. The soldier walks over to you and for the first time he stops in front of you and acknowledges your presence. Welcome to Wolfram. Where's the haven? What's left of it is about half a day from here. How much data from the haven do you have on you? Some. Why are you here? Well, when we didn't get an answer from you all, somebody had to come. And thankfully, somebody at base discovered that we had a friend on the inside. Isn't that right, Eldon? It is. My father sent you. Oh, man. Let's go home, buddy. And he starts walking away from you all. How did you know about the anomaly? He stops and turns, looks back, and he goes, Anomaly? The thing you scanned Cass and Wakefield for. How did you know what to look for? Other uh, robot said that he had something in him. We don't know what you guys are carrying. We can't risk bringing any kind of sickness onto the ship. Said she was clean. Is this a rescue mission, or do you intend to do something here? Oh, we intend to do something. Which one is she? Cassidy Garland. Tell her if she wants to go home, we'll take her home. If she wants to sit out here and die, that's fine too. Do you have room for her on your ship, or shall we repair the Belissa? We've got room. Elgon is going to turn and go back to Cass and say, As hard as this may be, I, I think you may be safe with them. You are not exposed to what Wakefield was. I am making a panic roll for Cassidy Garland. And that didn't go well. She gets up. And you see the glint of the hunting knife. She runs past you. And the soldier is nonchalantly sauntering back to the ATV. Elgon is going to try and tackle her to the ground. Make a speed check for me. 84. She runs past you, and I just rolled a 25. She's going to jump on this guy, and she's going to plunge this knife into his fucking neck. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God, indeed. She plunges it right into his throat. She plunges it into his neck, and you can just hear her screaming. He said, let me see your face. She pulls the knife out again, and a stream of blood flies out in the setting sun sprays out on the rocky terrain and you see this other robot, this android, this mason unit, start to make its way towards Cassidy Garland. 
Elgon is going to try and intercept this android and not let it get to gas. All right. How do you want to intercept this android? I want to try and come up from the side and I want to grab it like by the head and basically just try and like pop it off kind of thing. Just like full on strength. Just like try and take this thing out. Let's do it. Yeah. Give me a check, see. All right. Strength. This may be combat, but I mean, I don't know. It's focused on Cassidy Garland. I might let you get away with strength. Yeah. I, I mean, I would, I would, I would love to do strength. <laughs> you just open it a can. Yeah. Yeah. He's distracted. He's, he's not looking at me. I am just going to try and strength and just kind of just try and like decapitate it. Okay. Um, all right. That's an 11. That is a success. Critical success. Oh, critical success. That it's is a critical success. success. <laughs> Bam. I just rolled its body save, and I rolled an 88. Oh, my gosh. A which is a critical fail. failure. Nice. You see this android. You go to tackle Cassie Garland. You trip over yourself. You hit the ground. And then you can see the android coming after her as she's screaming bloody murder at this asshole. And then you get up determined. You walk over and you squeeze the top of this android's head. There's no Asimov's laws about androids. And you rip its head clean off. It slumps to the ground. (gasps) You just murdered this android. <laughs> David was so angry. His face is just so pissed as Elgon has to just sit there and watch this guy kill Wakefield. <laughs> he feels so good crushing this android. <laughs> oh, man. That's great. Rook, Dr. Locke, George Asper, this seven foot, some odd feet tall, some odd inches tall. Monster Rook, Mega Rook, as I have him in my notes, roars down the hall. Massive calves. The juiciest. The juiciest, (laughs) upside-down, heart-shaped calves you've ever seen. Uh, I would like to hide behind this podium. (laughs) (laughs) I just duck down. All right, you duck down. George Asper and you are like across the hall from each other. Mm-hmm. So you both turn, like you did the head whip towards that way, then you spin around, look at each other, goo, and then <laughs> you duck back behind this podium, making yourself real small. And George Asper is confused. And according to my dice, for those listening at home, I just rolled to see what George Asper does, and he's he's baffled. Rook, you have a spear. Yeah. Do I know if these pods have, like, a drain button on the outside, or, like... Uh, Dr. Locke is currently at a console that could operate it, but it's not written in English, and she needs time to figure out how to do it. Would Rook know the protocols? Like, what if the front paneling of these pods just... They are made of glass. They're made of glass, right? But if you, like, smashed them open, would that cause any sort of, like... Yeah, what would happen? The liquid would go on the floor. Yes, but I meant, like, uh, for the people do inside. we know what would happen, like, yeah. in our stasis pods, for example? Well, it depends on how bad you broke the glass. Real bad. 
then the water would drain out and they would be inside a pod with broken glass. But they need time for like okay. them to come to like equilibrium, right? When they're yeah, in the, a little those bit. stasis pods. So yeah. like hypothetically, if I break one, they're not gonna be like, Oh, thanks for saving me, let's get out of here. It's like <laughs> let's it's fight gonna this take thing. it some it's gonna yeah. they're not gonna be useful during this moment right now, no. Okay. They're gonna be pretty groggy, but Okay. Looking at Mega Rook, does he know that there's three individuals here in this room, or does he just see me? <laughs> let's, let's find out. I have an intelligence for this character. I'm hoping it's not. lower. It is super low. <laughs> Full transparency, its intelligence is very low, and it does not, it just notices Rook. I'm going to beat the spear onto the floor to make noise. And I'm going to yell out, Hey, motherfucker, come and get me. My dick is bigger than yours. As I begin to run <laughs> out where we just came from. But as I turn, as I turn I'm going to give Dr. Locke and Dr. Um, Asper a look of like, I'm buying you time. Good luck. Yeah. As I begin to sprint out, uh, trying to, as I like, knock, as I just make noise and just, Bob all the metal bits of this room to make as much like clang and uh, yeah. distraction as possible. You all see this huge rook rumbling down the hall. It passes you both and making its way after the original rook with the spear <laughs> as they make their way into the tapestry room. So it follows behind, bursting through the sliding door like it doesn't open fast enough for the creature and it ends up breaking part of it and you all are alone in this tank room I want to try and figure out how to get the tanks open do you have any computer skills at all? language skills? anything? nope Nope. so we're going to do intelligence Okay. I have a screwdriver you do have a screwdriver (laughs) which I may be using here soon Uh-oh. Wait, no, no. Shoot. I have to look closely at that. No! It's a 47. My intellect is a 45. I thought yeah. it was a 41. You're fiddling with this. That's what you're doing for this round. Rook, this thing comes in behind you, and it's now you all in this tapestry room. What do you want to do? You said, you said the... So, it, like, we descend into, like, this room, and then on the other side of the room, there's a stair well going up. So you guys, the same staircase that you guys came down was about 60 feet. So that's opposite the room of you, the staircase right. that you came down. So this room is about 50 feet. going to just book it, and I'm going to try to do something once I get to the top of the other side of All the right. stairs. Give me a speed check. This guy's gonna chasing you down. add athletics here. Success with a 39. Nice. You start making your way towards the stairs. You get about halfway up the stairs take a look back where's it at it's at the bottom of the stairs anything else i can do this round that was your movement i mean you could i'll give you something else something uh, not too crazy could i possibly extend the spear at max length to try to give us a little stabby stab oh it's too far away you're like 30 feet up don't want to throw it um gonna just uh sure you don't want to throw it no, I'm not throwing it. <laughs> that's my only that's my only sharp object here, Jay. Okay. All right, fine. Yeah, do it your way. Yeah, well, 
I'll throw it soon. <laughs> <Just> not now. <laughs> okay. Alright. Oh. You know what? These tapestries, are they made of, like, cloth or just, like... Or are they, like, Some kind of into... fiber. Some kind of fiber. Okay. And how is it held up? Nails. Like, up high? Yeah, but, I mean, they they hang pretty low. If possible, I would like to... Well, I'll do it on my next round. But I have an idea. Okay. I can't wait. Gail, Dr. Freylock, you're trying to butts together this... This, uh, this puzzle to try and figure out how to undo this and George Asper puts his hand on your shoulder I shake it off <laughs> so predictable I love you he uh, he puts his hand on your shoulder which I shake off and he says he's here Gail I need you to make a body save oh I definitely fail 75 you're no longer in the tank room you are standing on a rocky surface, staring down at the parabola. Across this expanse, you see George Asper standing on the opposite side of the parabola at the top, and you see a wave of these egg-shaped gray creatures. Their flesh is leathery, cracked. It almost looks like they're made of stone, and they are pushing in, and they grab a hold of you on either side, these huge, huge hands, and they start to pull you down into the parabola. I don't want to go. Yeah, so what are you going to do about it? I mean, they're putting their hands on me, and I don't like that. I... Swat them away. Yeah. Make a combat roll. Uh, 46. Which is well above your combat score of 30. They grab you on either side and they start to march down this parabola towards the center. And you can see a bright, bright flame burning at the bottom. Where's George? Is he struggling? Is he coming? He is struggling as well. And George Asper... You hear him crying out in your head, and he lets out a release, and you see about 20 of these creatures scatter away from him, like he just pushed them away with his mind. But he, in doing so, loses his footing, and he's still sliding down the parabola towards the center. Can I try it? Yeah. I can? Sure. Okay, seeing him do that, I'm going to try it. Oh, no, I fail. 84. I'm not used to it. You try to do it, and it's just not there for you. While this is happening, Rook, what do you want to do? You're standing up here with your spear. You see these tapestries hanging along the walls. I'm going to find a corner where there is a tapestry nearby. Okay. And I am going to wait for Mega Rook to come closer into the corner. Now, you're 30 feet up the staircase. Yeah. So you're just on the stairs. And the tapestries are, like, down on, like, the flat level. Yeah. Still gonna try to, like, weave around, make myself to a tapestry with the intent to cut one so that way the tapestry falls on top of Mega Rook and 
blinds and, you know, they're wrapped up in it. So if you want to try and void Mega Rook, you're going to need to make a speed check. It's a 96. You drop down off the stairs trying to run towards a corner where there's these tapestries. And before you can get to them, you feel this huge foot go into your back as it kicks you. And you're going to take 10 points of damage. That's a wound. It is. Are you down to your last one? Yeah, 9 HP on the last one. That is a wound. So let's go to the wound. Blunt force. (sighs) You're looking for not a 9. For not a 9. I... That's a one. You rolled a one? Yes. This has happened to you before. You roll, you're winded. So you're going to be at disadvantage until you catch your breath, unfortunately. It knocks the air out of you. It sends you across the room, and you're under that tapestry that you wanted to be in the corner, but you are also cornered. Mm-hmm. What do you want to do now? I'm waiting for it to get closer because I'm trying to time it where when I cut the tapestry, it's going to yeah. fall on top of him. I lose him for a bit, buy myself more time. You feel it lumbering towards you, and it is going to try and hit you, and it is going to... It's going to swing. You can do your action that you were waiting to do. Okay. Is this still combat? What do you... What do you? What would you, what would you think this is? We could call like it, it combat. I feel like it'd be... You're fighting the tapestry. It's either that, but I feel like he's adding a little bit of, like military training since he's working on the fly yeah. battle tactics sure i'm more than fine with allowing that that's fine okay so i'm adding that to combat sure okay my gate is 56 come on no 58 58 you i mean you have to do it at disadvantage anyways because you're wounded or winded all right you go to swipe these tapestries and they're not they're not coming down you just your the this little blade at the end of this rod, this stick is it's not catching, so it's not cutting. And this guy is going to try to put another foot on you. And I rolled an eighty-six. It goes to kick you, and it puts its foot through the wall, or not through it, but like into the stone. You see it crack, and it misses. Gale, Doctor Freylock, you're struggling as you're being brought down this parabola. And you can see George Asper is running towards you. You hear his voice in your head. I'm coming. I'm coming to help you. This this has to be all my head. This has to be all in our heads. Like, yes, he's able to overcome certain aspects of it, but I know that this is sound, and I know that we're in the parabola, and I know that this guy works through sound. Yeah. Um, I want to sing at the top of my lungs and also project with my mind into the minds of everyone around me. <sighs> taking taking some from Martin Sapp. I got the joy, 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 joy. Yes, yes. So you start singing this hymn. Just as fast hymn. as I can, because it's like if I like battering ram with these syllables and this yeah. sound. And you're trying to amplify this frequency with your psychic ability. Give yes. me that psionics roll. No. No. Uh, no, it's 62. Gail, you try, and you're going to take some damage. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man, I'm sorry, I haven't dude. taken damage since episode one. How much, how so... much, what is your damage sitch? Oh, I don't know. Um, 27. Okay, well, now you have seven. 
What? So I lost a wound. Yeah. Hey, Reedon, it's cool, man. You're not the only one. Dr. Freya Locke, you are going to roll. That was a five. Your eardrums explode. And you can't hear anything. Oh, my. Is that permanent? I don't know. Do I? (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. You no longer hear the joy, joy, joy down in your heart. You can only feel the vibrations of it through your entire body. However, this echo still persists, and you see these egg people cowering in fear from the sound of it. Mm-hmm. And George Asper is still running towards you. Elgon. Can I run towards him? Did they let me go? Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute, Gail. Okay. I just transitioned. Don't fuck my transition. Today, but Don't I fuck my I transition. Do it, man. Don't fuck my transition. Just start it over, man. <laughs> oh, my God. You got to respect the transition. <laughs> Can I interrupt again? Yeah, it's or we're still in the interruption. Good. <laughs> <laughs> it's that still here. All. It's still just, here with me. It's still here. With the you. interruption is still here with me. <laughs> You're running towards George Asper. Yes. Allowed. Thank you. All right, Dave, please continue. Elgon, you just ripped this fucking dude's head off. (laughs) This android crushed it like a can, tossed it over your shoulder. And Cassidy Garland rides this guy down into the dirt. And she's stabbing into his little spacesuit two, three, six more times. What you want to do, man? I'm going to... See if I can disobey Asimov's laws and go against my instincts and and try and help her take this guy down. Give me a sanity roll. Okay. 87. That's a failure. You take another stress. She come over and you realize he's already dead. (laughs) Ha ha! Wow. She looks up at you, feral. You, you did it. My word, I didn't think you stood a chance. And she's like completely in shock. She doesn't know how to respond. What do we do now? Um. You look up and you can see that there are still two ATVs. Are they heading at a distance? They don't necessarily know what's happening. They're back at their ship. Yeah. But they probably just saw this scene break out. So you probably Um, have moments before their engines are going to rev up and head your direction. How closely, how similar do I look to this android? Like, does it have any identifiable things that, if, if I were try, going to try and imitate this android, would that be possible? I mean... Do we, look, do we look enough alike? You have, like, you have, like, Martin Sapp's dried blood all over your fucking face, and you're dirty as shit. Uh, this guy looks fairly clean so unfortunately like you you look like you've been weathered yeah but you know this android might have just seen combat he could he could look like that (laughs) i mean you guys look identical for sure except does he does he have like a jumpsuit on like does he have like is is there anything no yeah there's there's nothing that else i would need to do other than 
maybe try and imitate how his robotic voice sounded. Or I, they may have gotten confused and not realized which one tore the other one's head off. But did you, so they're they're close enough that they could have seen this. They they would have seen if they've got binoculars, they could be watching you. Okay, Cass, I I think the only option is for us to run. If we take this ATV, we <laughs> the safest place for us. Maybe to try and find our friends. And she looks at you, and she says, Where? I know where they went. Are you going to drive this ATV? Yes, because Cass can take the gun of the guy, and if they're following us, she could shoot while I drive. Because that's exactly what's going to happen. She takes the (sighs) assault rifle, she takes that, she holsters it. Fuck that bow and arrow stuff. She takes one last look over at Captain Wakefield, and she gets onto the back of the ATV, and you are oh, going oh, to trip. It, is there any way I could... Because he, he, he seemed like he had a communicator, right? He had some sort of radio in, in his, his helmet? helmet? Yeah. Yeah. The head of the helmet, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm going to take that helmet so I can hear yeah, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, it took you a minute, Dave, but you were caught up now. I got there. Let's I got there. fucking go. Right. You snatch that helmet off of the dead soldier. Yeah. And you hop on this ATV. You throw it in the basket. Cassidy Garland's riding on the back with an assault rifle. And you start riding not south towards the haven, but north back to the lab. Yes. North to the lab? Yeah, he's deciding he wants to hole up with you guys. Yeah. Everything that we go to is is following. The only the only way that we have numbers is to find you. Elgon, you hop onto this ATV. Cassie rides on behind you, and you rev it up, and you take off, and you guys have a head start on these other people as you hear them rev up, and they are coming after you all. The ATV wheels crunching over this gravel and rock and stone as the sun is setting and we're about to head into night. The pink glaze of the sun, the red starting to deepen in the sky. We see the silhouette of Cassidy Garland and Rook riding for their lives. Dr. Freya Locke, George Asper, running towards one another inside this parabola and Rook and Mega Rook are locked in this battle to see who will survive. Dr. Locke, as you're running towards George Asper, you hear the sound of this tone of music. Join me or perish. Perish.